0: Uh, hello, everyone.
1: Welcome to another episode of Downstage with Brian and Kane. Uh, pretty blase week this week, but not that much to, to talk about. But I mean, there is a couple of things to talk about this week. And my chair keeps on sliding down because I'm because my ass is too heavy. Ugh. Anyway, but yeah, how is everybody this week? I've been doing good. Uh, I finally saw sh- oh wait, hang on, before I, uh, before I talk about my week, Aiden, how about you? I keep forgetting, you know, you're there, so.
2: <laughs> yes, I do exist. I am real. I am not a program in your computer. <laughs> uh, yeah, but my week was good. Uh, pretty chill. Nothing uh, too much has been going on. Just um, uh, weekly weekly readings for a scripted series I've been writing, and it's been fun having you, Brian, finally join us again after so long.
1: Yes. Uh, work, work, work. So.
2: Yep. Yeah, other than that, it's been a pretty chill week for me. And um, yep, yeah, just and I'm just as hyped as ever for this movie.
1: Yeah, it's real. We'll, we'll talk about that when uh, the movie comes. When the around. time comes. Yeah, when the time comes. But uh,
2: yeah, how was your week, Brian?
1: Uh, pretty good. Uh, I just came from the doctors today. Uh, found out my foot is perfectly okay. Uh, last yeah. week I got an MRI, which actually went smoothly, surprisingly, since you know I hate MRIs. I'm kind of I'm kind of claustrophobic, so that's kind of interesting uh so, but they kind of did it for uh, for uh foot first so i didn't have to worry about going into the actual thing you know. so but aside from how my foot looked uh there was still that injury i had that i suffered over the summer you know i i, I suffered an injury over the summer not that nothing really too much to complain about but it is kind of like i am kind of like action prone, so I'm just kind of surprised it took me that long to actually get hurt, like on my foot. But anyway, uh, I found out also that I have a little arthritis in my uh, foot as well, but probably because of the wear and tear of walking every single day or just walking around. So it's like, but otherwise, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm just glad that it wasn't anything really, really serious. It's just a major, uh, not major, it's like a minor, major foot injury it's like it's it's only major if uh i put more pressure or more walk around or anything like that so it's like but as of right now it's more along lines of a minor that could become a major injury if i'm not careful enough so yeah Hmm. uh but i also uh took a nice little day to go to the movies on sunday to go see scream and i enjoyed it uh here's here's my mini review uh Uh, I actually have a mini review that I wrote, but at the same time, I'm just like, it's kind of hard to remember what I wrote because it actually is uh, something that I compacted into a uh, Twitter thread, or not a thread, but a Twitter, uh, a Twitter tweet, there we go, a tweet, a tweet, a tweeter, a tweet, tweet. there we go, something I amounted Mm -hmm. as a single tweet, so I enjoyed it. You know, it's hard to emulate Wes Craven, but it's been poor. It was pulled off, it was literally pulled off quite well, especially since Wes Craven's uh, brand of horror is like really hard because he has moments of comedy, but also moments of genuine terror. And it's kind of like pulled off quite as well as Wes, but you know, it's again, it's hard to emulate Wes Craven. and speaking of the the humor, uh, I enjoyed the humor for the most part, and you know it, it's hard to have a, a horror movie that has you know humor going around with it at the same time as being genuinely ter- you know ch- you know genuinely terrifying because the, you know the movie has like moans, but like damn, this is actually pretty t- terrifying to watch because it's like you know it's like oh you expect ghost because Ghostface is like one of those characters that you you watch and he's essentially like this like very clutchy character because one he's wearing a cloak he's wearing a mask you know uh wearing a cloak and stuff like that too especially since you're wearing boots you know you you know you always see him tripping over all that stuff and then suddenly it's like oh you're seeing a ghost face that is treated more with uh respect and like danger and it is kind of like very interesting to watch that Mm -hmm. and It did have one of the funnest climaxes I actually got to experience because it is hard to actually watch a climax in a movie and go, oh man, this is like really, really good, especially in a horror movie, because the horror movie uh, like third act is usually like where everything gets sorted into uh, its do or die type of things. And Mm -hmm. having it set at a uh, familiar location and then turning that familiar location on its head it is kind of interesting to watch, and but if I only had one gripe, and it's something that Wes Craven would always say, is this more blood? <laughs> <laughs> and even though Scream Five or Scream had a lot of blood, I'm just like more blood, more blood, come on. So yeah, that that was definitely my uh, mini review of it, where it's just like, you know, I enjoyed it, but it, it definitely felt like uh, one of those things that. It's definitely one of those things where it's like it's hard to emulate a, a, a particular director, especially if the, the director has been long past uh, with as such, as such with Russ Claven, you know, but at the same time, the, the directors, Radio Silence, they did pretty well for the most part. And, you know, it's like the same thing. It's like the same problem that Scream 3 had because Kevin Williamson wasn't writing it because Kevin Williamson has a. A brand of his own, like humor, a brand of his, like his own way of writing, like, like he has like a the finger on pulse of what is like good with, uh, uh, what like what today's youth is talking about, and again, it's hard to emulate that, but at the same time, it was a very good movie, so I enjoyed it very overall, so and. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, Spider-Man Fall from Home like knocked it off from its purse like from being No. one, so it was like Spider-Man oh, no way home,
2: home, I think you mean. Yeah, yeah. Too many homes.
1: Yes, but yeah, it's like and of course, they're they talking about making a screen sick, so I kind of welcome that, but every so often, I'm just like as long as there is a need for horror that isn't like, put it, because January is like one of those months, especially for horror, where you just go like, okay it's January, what kind of shitty horror movies coming out? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that like I perfectly. I mean that, like literally, like there is a lot of movies that come out in January, especially if it's a horror movie
0: mm-hmm.
1: that are like really, really shitty to watch. like like, I won't like say like, oh, it's shitty to watch. I'm like it is like maybe really subpar type of things. Like the only type of good movies that I've seen that came out in January that was a horror movie will probably be, like movies that, you know will probably be like this, whereas like, you know, it's it may be a sequel. It may be, like, a, a reimagining of something. Like, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I know, but I feel like I keep hearing some good things about the Gretel movie that came out, like, a, a couple of years ago, actually. Like, in 2019, yeah, 2019, 20, yeah, around that area. Mm-hmm. And it stars uh, uh, the girl from It. Um, I forgot her name, but... It's basically a, a a revamp of Handsome Gretel, but uh, but on Gretel's point of view of how, you know, her and her brother survived the thing. And it, from, from what it looked like, it was actually a pretty good movie from my i seen. You know, I haven't watched it yet. Probably, probably, you know, I might watch it maybe a little later, but yeah, it's like whenever you're watching a horror, or, or not watching a horror movie, whenever you're watching like the, the January releases, a lot of the times... Movies are put there for a reason because it is a dump month and January really does have like a track record of, okay, you know, getting a year. You know, a lot of the old releases that came out, they're still there, but, you know, who could we sacrifice or who could we put to uh, like... Just to bomb miserably. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: it's like, yeah, it's like, what can we like throw away essentially?
1: Yeah. And a p- perfect example for that is like this Pierce Brosnan movie that was filmed like eight years ago uh, called The King's Daughter, And that was literally filmed eight years ago. It was supposed to come out in like maybe 2016, 20... yeah, 2016, 20... like around 2016. Doesn't come out to 2020, it was supposed to come out by then, still hasn't come out. And then last year it got a new release, which was like around like a couple years ago, finally comes out, and of course it bombs in the uh, box office because you know uh, an eight-year-old movie that supposedly had come out like, and not only with, that, it's like it's with no
2: marketing too.
1: Yeah, with no marketing, and the and the, and the funniest thing is is that people actually bring to the point where the two co- the two leads, uh, Benjamin Walker and Kair. I can't pronounce her last name, but the two leads actually got married over the got married because they met on the set, have a family, three kids by the way, and by the time the movie came out, they have a family and three kids. To essentially during a time, it's like like literally doing a movie like ten years ago and finally getting a release, and in that time, you you become like a. Uh, a marketing billionaire because, you know, you're on the stock market or something like that. It was like, oh, this movie I did 10 years ago, you know, it's finally coming out for some reason. So, it's like, it, it, like, January, it's a dump month for a reason. But at the same time, it's like, a lot of this time it's like, there are some movies that go to die for a reason, and there are some movies that try and survive because I mean, there are some movies that try and survive because uh, that once the holidays are done, especially after New Year's, it's like, a lot of movies that came out, out after the holidays, they kind of like simmer down, unless they're like a very big major studio thing, like Spider Man No Way
2: Home. Well, Spider Man No Way Home was like before New Year's, too. Yeah, that like came so out like yeah. Christmas. And yeah,
1: but when it's before Christmas and after Christmas, I mean, when it's after Christmas, especially if it's a movie that came out after Christmas, coming after New Year's, and the movies are still like still surging along. Like, uh, like, like something that always happens like that, as far as like a Star Wars movie or something that's like a major release from a studio, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: uh, like, 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 yeah, like a big, like a big, big, like, um, studio kind of thing. Like, like that's really one of the only <laughs> few cases where it's like they can really kind of survive,
1: yeah. Like, Lord of the Rings, I remember very vividly, Lord of the Rings when it came out in uh, the holidays of 2020, uh, 2020, 2002, 2003, and 2004, like those three years. Like, they really dominated the the holiday season. And then when The mm-hmm. Hobbit came out, I'm not sure if it had the same staying power, but it might have been, I'm not sure. Uh, but if it isn't a major Hollywood, uh, major studio release, you know, chances are it's not really there that much. And then
0: mm-hmm.
1: by the time January, January rolls around, usually, like, the first movie to come out that weekend usually comes in number one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's usually why a lot of these horror movies come out because one, come out in January they quick, they make an easy buck because nothing else is uh, being played. So yeah, but I'm just, uh, but back to my original thought, I'm just glad that I watched Scream and I'm just glad that I enjoyed it. So yeah, I can't yes. wait to see, I just can't wait to see if there's another Scream to come. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, uh, that was my week overall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to get a little a mini review out of the way, but it's, all good. I'm pretty sure if you had gone to see the movie, you know, movies uh, over the weekend or over the week, you'd probably like, "Oh man, I saw this movie too," and you probably would have uh, gushed about
2: it too. So yeah, I, I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think we know what I'm going to do on our next <laughs> episode after I go and see this movie. So I mean,
1: she's going be an hour of pain just talking about the Batman.
2: <laughs> pretty, I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> that that it probably might be.
1: It'd just be a whole episode just called, "Okay, time, it's the Batman time." Let's talk yep. about that. <laughs> Not spoilers, but still spoilers coming through. Yep. Happy right, hour with but, Hayden. All right. But uh yeah. Uh mini review out of the way, but yeah, it was a very blase week, so to speak. I mean, there was a couple of big uh things coming out, uh in the entertainment news uh, stuff that we want to talk about. Uh, so the first article or first um the first point we will be talking about is that Cardi B actually helped. Uh, so, a little back, a little uh, context for you. Uh, back a couple weeks ago, there was a horrible fire in a Bronx apartment. Um, a dozen people, I believe, died, or mm-hmm. they're still counting uh, how many people are still mm-hmm. uh, affected by it, aside from, mm-hmm. you know, statistics and whatnot. But a, a lot of a lot of the cause, it definitely felt like... <coughs> <coughs> oh, excuse me. I have a very bad cough today. Okay. <coughs> that was probably the reason why I was uh, waiting to uh, to finish my thought, but then I really like... Uh, yeah, okay, I'm looking at the official thing. There was 17 people, unfortunately, who passed away, and 44 people who were essentially injured, but... And all because of a freak space heater, um like space heater problem but mm-hmm. cardi b who was a native to the bronx actually paid uh funeral expenses to the 17 uh people who you know unfortunately lost their lives and you know and her uh she was quoted as saying i can't believe the, to imagine the pain and anguish that the families of victims are experiencing and i hope not to be and I hope that not worrying about the causes associating with buried their loved ones would help as they move forward and heal. You know, and that's actually, you know, a very good thing to hear because, you know, going to a funeral and paying for a funeral, that it'll, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know...
2: Yeah, it is expensive.
1: Yeah. Especially in New York City. I mean, well, you mm-hmm. general, but... I'm not sure how
2: it is in Georgia or everything else, but... I mean, I mean, funerals are always going to be expensive. <coughs> like, just the freaking casket alone—it's like, wh- is like, why do you spend? Like, why do caskets have to be this expensive? You're literally just putting it in the ground. It, like, does it matter how if it looks fancy or not? Like, its purpose is literally just to be in the ground. Yeah, and
1: to hear someone who is a, essentially a Bronx native and someone who isn't like known to be I'm mean, i not sure if Cardi B is known to be like a humanitarian I'm I'm pretty sure is like he has humanitarian you know stuff to do in the past but like something like this to hear that and especially with a very recent uh, tragic tragic news that's been happening in New York City which you know anybody who lives in New York City or is in New York you're kind of been hearing about how crazy uh January has been for New York in general. So hearing this, like, you know, hearing this news about how a, a very famous uh, music icon is like helping pay not only funeral expenses but also just like supporting the community in general. That's actually you know great to hear because you know, I like giving back to the neighborhood. That's always been something that has you know has occurred in the past, but at the same time. Uh, you know I rarely hear about like that happening in general because unless it's like because last time I heard you know giving back into the neighborhood was probably last year when uh, a couple of football players like who lived in Jersey were were happening out with uh, uh, people who were affected by the coronavirus and unable to get like uh, groceries and stuff like that too so yeah and they were like doing giving back too and it's like and especially with uh, New York in general, New York has been like rough for the past uh, couple of years, especially going into the pandemic. So stuff like this, where it's like a space heater having you know a you know malfunctioning and 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 then essentially costing the lives of some three people, it,
2: it is mm-hmm. like it is like a tragedy to read and then. And it's like, why would they need a space heater in the first place? Well, probably well, because they were getting you know. Uh, the landlord was probably, like, you know, cheaping out and like actually, like making sure there was adequate heating.
1: Oh yeah, uh, apparently from what I've heard, uh, the uh, apartment building had problems with the heating as well. So it's like if you live in an apartment building, you know, nine times out of ten, uh, the apartment building might have heat for the for uh, summer, for the uh, the winter going forward, or they might have problems with the heat anyway because. A lot of the build, a lot of the the apartments in a building might not be uh fully insulated because you know mm-hmm. yeah you know, and, and that's another a problem is that a lot of these buildings you know they're like over fifty sixty years old but they're not properly insulated yet or the or anything else really so yeah it definitely is like a it definitely is a bigger problem because you know not only is it focusing on the tragedy but also it, you're also focusing on the fact that this building probably has been you know uh a lot you know a, a lot of the problems being you know living in a apartment building as well as like having those like pro- like problematic things of there are families who had their uh, heat shut off or something like that and they had mm-hmm. to use the space heater and you know in order to uh like survive for at least a couple of weeks because of the stupid cold and stuff like that too and mm-hmm. yeah and and of course you know it, you know, it being New York City is like oh it's New York City it's you know it, it's like literally New York City and people are like oh it's you know New York City and it's always cold there's always got to be like that it, It's it's definitely one of those things where it's just like it's hard to describe because you know I live in a you know I live in my home and that has you know good you know heating and and whatnot but I've been to places that, that uh that were in apartments and that were generally cold cl- because you know the moment you walk into a hallway it is like freezing sometimes Mhm and I'm pretty sure you had the same experience uh, Hayden you know when you lived in New York having the same you know the same problems and stuff like that too
2: Pretty much, yeah. Like it's just a thing in New York, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. But
1: yeah, good on Cardi B to mm-hmm. essentially help out uh, not only uh, a Bronx neighborhood in that in need, but also just being just helping out in general because of you know as we as we pointed out before, funerals are pretty expensive or just
2: mm-hmm. expensive in general. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Especially so. in these times too, where it's like. You know, they probably they already have to worry about, like, you know, like, because especially because in New York, because I, like, you know, most of us who are there, it's like you're already, like, you know, struggling just to, like, be able enough to pay the rent, pay the utilities, and, yeah, just to make ends et, cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like,
1: yeah. And, you know, make, trying to make ends meet, especially in New York City, is like even more, uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. It's definitely, it's uh, definitely more, uh, it's definitely more difficult to uh, figure out how. Uh, yeah, it's definitely more difficult to make ends meet, especially if you're living in New York City and you have to be living in a very, you know, horrible uh, apartment. Uh, you know, just a horrible apartment, so.
2: And then spend most of what you make just to pay rent for that horrible apartment.
1: Yeah. So, especially uh, you know, uh, especially if uh, the apartment might not have a uh, a radiator
2: somewhere. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But It's like, see, if you want people there to work. Give them a place where they can actually afford to live in the first place.
1: Yeah, and afford. Like,
2: and- like, yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, it's, it's just it's just general frustration with New York. It does. It's not. Yeah.
1: Yeah, affordable housing is just like a little difficult to be in New York City. It's like, yeah, you know, every so often it's like, you know, like I wonder how much rent, like, what would be like the cheapest, like, rent here to live in New York City, especially if it's in Brooklyn or, you know, or Manhattan. And the cheapest I could actually find is like maybe $1,200 a month or, or something even close to $1,500 a month. And that's just like bare minimum on some of these sites. Mm-hmm. And and then again, it was like, you know, you go there and especially if you're an actor, it's like, okay, I, you know, as an actor, like, will this help me? Will this, you know, like, stay, make me cool and all that stuff? So it's like, it, it definitely feels like a lot of these places, especially if it's like affordable housing or something like that, mm-hmm. it's definitely, uh, like, one of the uh, problems of just New York. In general. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, to... Jumped on that, you know. Good on Cardi B for doing that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But unfortunately, we uh, talk to Broadway now um, and we go straight into Broadway now. So, a Broadway actor who plays Harry Potter uh, and the Curse of the cur- who plays the lead role of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, has been fired from the production because of a misconduct, misconduct uh, complaint. Apparently, it was made back in November made by uh the woman who plays his wife on uh, who plays the wife, you know who plays his wife on the uh Broadway show it was a music no Broadway show so and apparently uh the production company or the people who do the thing they made a third party independent investigation and then afterwards they decide to essentially once everything was inquired and stuff like that too, they decided to terminate him. But the, uh, but from what I've been reading, they have yet to been actually making sure what they have been, uh, what's the term? They've been keeping her privacy on to why the, mis- the complaint was uh, reached.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: misconduct complaint can mean like essentially anything in terms of like, like, like literally anything. Mm-hmm. So, And and to to have it be the the lead of your play, but also coming from the lead actor's wife, you know, uh, the character's wife. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that must mean, you know, that is like legitimately bad uh, from a, uh, like maybe a producer standpoint, because that just means, you know, uh, you have the actor, right? You You have two actors. Do you think they get along? And then suddenly like, oh, uh, when the actors comes forward about a uh, a complaint that, that about the other actor, and you know, as the producers, you know, especially uh, on a big uh, production like this, you know, Harry Potter, you know, how do you go forward? Because you know, the main you know, the problem is the you know this is essentially the main actor of the play. You know, he's playing Harry mm-hmm. Potter. So yeah, how you know how do you fix that? You know, especially going forward. You know, it's like, and also the person that complain you know that uh, that did the complaint is also playing his wife so they're basically sharing a stage for like probably eight times a week or mm-hmm.
2: so and you know Yeah, like they spend a lot they essentially spend a lot of time together on stage and probably, you know, had to spend a lot of time like, you know, working wow. on these characters and like
1: Yeah, so it's like that's definitely one of those type of like things you you that is just troubling to read because, one, uh, yeah, that, that's always, like, something troubling to read because, you, you know, you definitely, uh, you definitely not, you, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm definitely not used to hearing that, like, okay, you know, I'm I'm definitely used to hearing something happening on Broadway about some actor being fired, but nothing like this from a production like this because, you know, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, like, I rarely hear anything bad coming out of it aside from, oh, um, like a couple of years ago when it was on Broadway, it was like, it was literally a two day performance where it was like you had to go see it. You had to, you had to literally see it uh, one day and then the following day because mm-hmm. it was like a long, it was like a long play.
0: Mm-hmm. It, was,
1: it, it was like, it was literally like maybe six hours in general. So mm-hmm. they literally had to, uh, when it came back on Broadway, uh, a couple of, uh, when it came back on Broadway, they literally cut down everything into like a whole, like a two hour and 15 minute, of, yeah two hour 15 Mm -hmm. minute 30 minute uh play so Mm -hmm. they condense everything into like essentially
2: that time frame so they don't have to do essentially two uh so basically not doing an angels in america essentially
1: yeah and again angels in america is
2: a totally different play but you know the same thing But yeah yeah, there's not a lot of plays that can actually get away with like doing something like that like being like so long and having to split it up into multiple like days or showings
1: but like the only other thing I'd remember was probably The Inheritance where it was literally the same thing where it's like, I think it's like a six hour play in general or maybe three hours per show or something like that. And they did everything in one day. So, like, you know, you, do, you see part one in the early afternoon and then part two, early, you know, later that night. And then they do the same thing part one the next day, part two the next day, part yeah. one, you know, it's like. So condensing a very long play is like, it's good, but again, reading here and then uh, reading about how mysterious that uh, misconduct is, that just gives Mm -hmm. off a a sensation of of what kind of harassment did this guy do, especially since, Mm -hmm. you know, they're both on stage, like probably the majority of the time, Mm -hmm. especially where the character is the main character. So, yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I definitely got some thoughts on this, for sure. It's like, I think they did the right thing bringing in a third party instead of trying to just, like, you know, salt settle it in-house because that can be tricky. And, you know, there are actors who all, you know, are going to be actors who work with each other who can't stand each other, but they make it work because, you know, they want they they want to just, they want to do the show, they want to get paid, and then they've got those contracts, and contracts are always a difficulty in trying to try and negotiate out of. Oh, yeah. So, so it must also show that, like, and also the fact like how they handle this too i think it also shows that like whatever's going on or whatever happened it must have been going on for a long time
1: oh yeah because
2: you don't just like because like they did it in november and they're like okay now we're going to essentially have a third party come and investigate this like we're not gonna you know try to like sell this ourselves like i feel like they probably would do if it was like you know if it was just something that just happened out of the blue yeah
0: and- So it seems
2: like this is like it feels like it had to be something that was building and like You know, um, the actress is probably just trying to like, like keep it secret just to like, you know, get through it and just get to the end. And then hopefully it'd be over by then. But it's like clearly something happened. There was some boiling point.
1: Yeah.
2: And I I think it's, yeah, I I think what they did is for the best.
1: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we could both speak from experience. If, you know, we've probably been in productions or something like that where you don't want to be with an actor or actress in general because Mm -hmm. of just like, like maybe a general animosity or just a general like this person just doesn't get it and stuff like that Mm -hmm. too and maybe if and of course you know i've had my problems especially in college where it's like college was like almost like it's a different thing Mm -hmm. but in college it's like you 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 you, uh talk to someone in in, um the main office or department right on that thing they may talk to the student that's been you know uh Harassing you or something like that, but they won't go any further. But when it's a third party that does that, usually means it was probably a uh, bigger issue than they probably when, yeah, that was that was my takeaway is this, that reading this article, it definitely felt like it was a bigger issue going forward than mm-hmm. just being, oh, you know, it's probably just like a misconduct thing because you know, hearing misconduct actors. Recently, you know, especially being fired and stuff like that, too. That's nothing new. That's been happening for the past, like, say, several years or so. Yeah. But, again, with your actor being the main lead on the show, that's even mm-hmm. more of a of a red flag going forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially when the third party is brought into and then the, the investigation is, like, concluded and stuff like that, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it, it's, like, literally going into a play... Like maybe a, a play that has been going on for like maybe you know you, you go into a play as an actor, right? And then you're essentially there for like maybe a year or so, and then you find out that when the main, uh, the main like your character's like best friend is fired from the play over for some misconduct stuff because of another, you know, because. They were harassing someone in in the house, and mm-hmm. or they were doing something in the house that was being you know generally fr- uh, frowned upon. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, when you're sharing the stage with someone who you don't really know much about outside of you know just being on stage with them or being around with them. Just like, especially as an actor, you know, the actor's private life is really just that. It's just their private life, but sometimes their private life does leak into their work and. Mm-hmm. You know it, it's much more difficult to work with that than say someone who is like keeping their private life private, you know mm-hmm. I'm like I'm very used to keeping my private life private because one that's just the way it is, you know, it's like that ah, and no, also I' gonna be so- socially awkward, so just being around other actors' is like it's good, but it's like how is, like how do I speak other how do I speak to other actors? I' like, um, okay, just be a, just don't be awkward and I'm like, oh, okay don't be awkward. <laughs> it's Like how do I human? Yes, yeah, so exactly. Especially being around other actors, Mm
2: and of course,
1: you know, uh, your awkwardness or someone's awkwardness or someone's uh, uh, social uh, sociality, social yes, someone's sociality with someone else might mistake it as being another,
2: you know, another another reason, like like another one of those, oh, one of those another creepy weirdo actor types or something like that. Yes, essentially,
1: and I've. Again, I freaking she is like a little hard. To, uh, just keep it, just keep doing it going on. Uh, but and again, as I'm speaking, as I'm speaking, you just see me slowing going down. So I'm gonna try and not <laughs> worry about it anymore.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's all going downhill, just like that Harry Potter actor. Yes, but yeah, uh, but to keep, uh,
1: but to go back to that point, you know, you're with someone on a production that you don't know much about their personal life like that. And then finding out that oh, they were fired or mis or a place because of just different you know, different uh, aspects, you know. Again, I've had that happen in the past too, where I was working on a project, uh what was it? like a uh uh uh-oh. oh am I stay Okay good. I thought I lost my uh feed there. I was working on a project several years ago. Actually, the lead—uh, one—not the lead actor. Uh, one of the supporting actors who I met before because they were in a, uh, again another supporting actor from the thing. So they were kind of like hiring in-house of other actors that they know of, you know, because of just general, uh, just general ideas, stuff like that too, and. I was only there for like maybe a couple of days because of it being rehearse, uh dress rehearsal, and then being the rehearsal and, and then being um, the performance for those couple of days, because it was again, it was a, it was a play. Uh, I'm only there for a couple of days because of uh, they needed people to be both uh, stage genius, but also extras because you know, why I'm not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and, of course, you know, I haven't met that actor for a while. And they were, you know... Of course, being their own, like, off in their own little world. And then they, and then they find out, like, later in the day, that actor was gone because he was pretty much becoming... He was too much of an asshole to conform into the type of role he was doing. And he didn't want to, like... He basically didn't want to do it. And then... And, and again, I guess as revenge to being fired he came on opening night to look at the play and the actor who was replacing him they were like on stage doing their lines and whatnot and they could actually see the other actor just watching him like doing a thing just like kind of like staring back at him and stuff like that too and hmm. and of course you know the other actor who replaced him is a mighty great actor and stuff like that too but they definitely Felt a lot more comfortable with that role than the other actor, who was basically being an asshole. This regardless,
0: mm-hmm. and of course,
1: I knew he was an asshole beforehand, but I didn't know he was like that type of asshole where he just was like, you know, I, you know, the, the director was like, we just got to get this you know, guy out.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, it, it definitely like acting, especially if you're on stage, comes in a mixed bag because one, you don't it, it, unless you're like a very cl- close knit group of actors, mm-hmm. especially with your stage you know, and your stage group. You don't know a lot of stuff about your fellow actors, but then there is stuff like that, and which leads to stuff like this, where it's just like, uh, you know, lead actor of this play gets casted out because of uh, misconduct and stuff like that too. And again, it's like you don't usually hear the lead actor of a play being fired from the, you know, by the you know the production, because mm-hmm. lead actors don't usually get fired unless you know something really, unless something really bad happened. Exactly. So, yeah, um, Hayden, uh, what was your thoughts, too? Because uh, I know, unless you already said your thoughts.
2: I mean, yeah, I basically already kind of said my thoughts about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: just,
2: like, yeah, good good thing that's like, yeah, so it seems like this dude has, like, a history, it seems like. Because, yeah, you, like, yeah, you don't just fire a lead because of, like, because the fact that there's no specifics as well, they there's still so much information that you can tell is being like, you know, shielded. Yeah. So, there's, so there's, And that's very likely for a good reason too. Because yeah. normally yeah. with stuff like this, like information just starts kind of pouring out almost immediately. Yeah. But it's the yeah. fact that it is very much, like, like tight, it seems yeah. like clearly, yeah, it's like clearly like a big deal, like something really big had to have happened for them to actually be like, okay, yeah, we're firing this lead actor, we're terminating that contract with him. Which and then they're probably going to have to like um, go with whoever the understudy is now yeah. to replace yeah. that role for probably the remainder of the run of this show.
1: And not only that, they have, they also probably had to think about his contract as well. It's like like if you fire someone from a contract, you know, you still have to probably pay him out with uh, whatever money they have
2: left. And you know. well, it probably depends on like what the clauses of the contract are, though. Oh
1: yeah, because yeah, because
2: yeah. because it, it, I feel like if like it's probably going to be something where it's like if you do something like you know that could possibly be arguably criminal, like whatever this m- misconduct thing could be.
0: Yeah. Then
2: that could just simply put that, then depending on how they wrote the contract, that could also give them an advantage to be like, okay, we don't have to pay you now because of what you did. So we can yeah. just fire you, tear up that contract, and then it'll be like, it'll be like you were never here.
1: Oh, yeah, so essentially. Yeah.
2: Uh, and yeah. again... All in all, it seems like it's for the best.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah... The the thing with that it was just like very weird to read, but at the same time it's like again major actor of a major play, especially especially being a Broadway play, mm-hmm. and the other type of misconduct you will read will probably be in like other like 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 maybe supporting actors or just like actors
2: that were probably like maybe. Like yeah like literally supporting actors or Mm -hmm. or like uh, minor or like minor actors who maybe show up for one or two scenes with a couple lines stuff like that yeah and then or maybe an actor being uh replaced by another actor who is essentially
1: uh uh yeah essentially like that or you know an, an actor being replaced by another actor or an actress being replaced by another actress who basically has uh some you know controversy with them because again a lot of times Broadway is a business and they are probably as a business is to keep people going to see the show with the type of stuff. That's like what is working for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, and speaking of businesses, which is a good segue into your story, which is essentially uh Xbox buying uh, activism, Blizzard, or is it Blizzard activism? Where the hell? Is Ac- Activision blizzard. It? Activision blizzard. Okay. So Hayden, you're a gamer, and, you know, uh, I'm slowly becoming back with gaming, you know. I'm mm-hmm. in the process of playing uh, the, uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which has been fun. Yeah. Uh, but I, like, in terms of Activision, I only knew him, I only know him because of, you know, Call of Duty, but I haven't really played Call of Duty since Modern Warfare, like the mm-hmm. remake of Modern Warfare, or... The reboot of Modern whatever they call it, but that's something. Yeah. Like Modern Warfare 2019. That was like the last Call of Duty I played, and the last one I really gave a uh, two shits about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was I, I like the idea of Cold War? I like the idea of uh, World War Two again, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: Call of Duty hasn't really, you know, gotten me back for a while. And and they're doing a major focus on like battle royale modes and like battle... yeah, like,
2: like yeah, their focus has shifted so far away from stories, and it's so much more about the <laughs> multiplayer aspect. Yeah, so much so that even one of the Black Ops games, I think it was a Black Ops Four, where it had no story campaign, it was just yeah. multiplayer only.
1: But yeah, uh, explain in in good detail to uh, why, uh, like why you thought Activision being Activision Blizzard was being being brought by Xbox, which already has like a lot of uh, like. They already have Bethesda, so they already have, like, like probably, like, Doom. I'm Doom. Uh, Doom, Fallout, uh, Wolfenstein. Skyrim. Skyrim, any other things? Like, they have a lot more. Like, Bethesda, they have, like, a lot of stuff now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, in, in your uh, experience or in your, yeah, in your experience and your, like, yeah, in your words, like, why do you
2: think... Uh, activism was brought by uh, Xbox. Well, first we have to kind of remember all the co- recent controversy within the yeah. past, like so many months, that has come about from Activision Blizzard. Like, uh, just to kind of like uh, really summarize that quickly, it's just like all this miscon like, like, well, sexual misconduct essentially, and like you know, and just like harassment of their you know women employees at Activision Blizzard. Like, so much so that it was basically like. The the men who were there treat like treated it like it's like it's their own little fraternity, essentially. And the fact that it's like that so much information to come out about Activision and Blizzard, it's like, why would Xbox actually want to buy them? And honestly, I think the reason actually is probably a little more simpler than we think it is. I think it is actually because Activision and Blizzard knows that with all that controversy around them, that's going to be a problem for them. So what's the best thing to do? Put something else in the headlines. And then what's the best? What's the best option? Well, they probably negotiated a deal with Xbox to like have them buy them because then it's like the news starts turning more towards that. Like it's their way. I feel like of trying to like you know cover for the fact that it's like you know trying to change the headlines so people try like you know trying to make people forget about all all of the allegations that are against them. And also too because like um. It's definitely not like you know going to help them if those you know if those allegations are the only thing that's going to be in people's minds now. So it's like it's their way of trying to like you know derail like that information, try and keep everyone focused on something else. Because yeah, it's it's not a good look, but at the same time, Xbox doesn't have to worry about not having like you know if it's a good look or not because they get a lot of content out of it. And they can do a lot with it. So, is th- so honestly, it's like, this is a win for Xbox. And I feel like it's also going to be a win for Activision Blizzard in the long run.
1: Sorry about that. I literally used the bathroom as you we were talking. So you good. You basically had your retain thing. But, yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, uh, you, oh you, well, you missed the fun part about the dragons. Oh, dragon's thing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, oh, also, I think my cat just dropped onto the desk. Oh, uh, let's see if I can
1: There's our mascot.
2: Yep. Uh... And it's hard to see with the virtual background. I know, yeah, Kat just awesome. wants to be in frame. Yeah, it, it would help if she is in frame. Even when okay. she's in frame, it's like, nah. Nah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I mean,
1: from a casual standpoint or casual fan standpoint, I see this as a a win for them as well but at the same time that there is still like the the problem of Blizzard's uh, problematic past there we go Blizzard's mm-hmm. problematic past still reeling it really
2: really reeling it's ugly
1: head you know mm-hmm.
2: and, uh, and and even if like you know that past comes back to hunt um or bite Activision Blizzard in the ass they're going to be fine now because you know because of xbox
1: yeah and xbox is literally paying over like essentially 68 billion dollars just to buy this friggin' company uh, which I'm that sorry. is
2: a lot of money for yeah
1: i mean like oh my gosh like one it's like you're practically paying oh you're practically paying close to 70 billion dollars just to buy one uh, like one company just to buy just to buy other uh like like, like, like i know we were And, joking and also about-
2: they're not ter- and also the xbox has made it clear also that like they're not going to turn any of the like stuff that any of the titles they've gotten from Activision and blizzard now into exclusives though like so they're still going to share it equally with playstation
1: yeah at least that's good because you know i'm pretty sure people who want to still play me you know the new call of duty is like oh you know it's like i'm gonna have to buy an xbox now or xbox series x or whatever it's called
2: exactly and, and then also there's further proof that the console war is bs
1: yeah, I see it as a win, too, but at the same time, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, as a casual fan, you know, and, and I haven't had the Xbox for over probably close to 2015, 16, around there, mm-hmm. like 2015, 2016, like I really hadn't worked with the Xbox in a while because, you know, by then I was trading it with the PlayStation 4 and the uh, mm-hmm. I've been happy with I've be I've been happy with the PlayStation 4. and now yeah. we, now I own the PlayStation 5, so yeah. So it's definitely I'm more of a PlayStation kid than anything else. So. Yeah, which is hilarious because I I grew up with the uh, Super Nintendo, NES uh, stuff like that too. I didn't get the mm-hmm. uh, didn't get the uh, the gamecube or the N64, but it was mostly just the Super Nintendo and just the Nintendo regardless. But then mm-hmm. as I grew up as a teenager. I went into the PlayStation, PlayStation Two, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and then PlayStation, play, I mean PlayStation Four, and then PlayStation Five. <laughs> and now I'm sort of like cr- trying to do, uh, uh, trying to do uh, PC gamer stuff. But you know, mm-hmm. I still need to figure out how to, like PC game correctly.
2: <laughs> yeah, like that's like I'm not the really biggest fan of the PC gaming because because it's like for me it's just I find it difficult to like do the like the 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 way the keyboard setups are for it, I'm just finding it weird. Like it just feels easier holding a controller in my hand to do that.
1: Like yeah, that's literally what I do too. Is like I when I, if I'm playing a PC game, I'm like literally just using control.
2: Yeah, and like it's like it's so much easier. But yeah, it's like I've never had an Xbox either. Like I've always essentially had like a PlayStation essentially, like you know, PS two, a PS three, a PS four. So that's always kind of been how I've done it. But yeah, it's like it, it's yeah, it's gonna be, it's good for Xbox. They're going to get a win from it, and they're going to make money from it, and they're going to make money from all those titles they have now, too. So it's a win for them. And Activision Blizzard is going to use this as good cover, I feel like. So yeah, it ends up being a win for them as well.
1: Yeah, especially since, you know, for the past, like, what, year and a half because of the you know, Blizzard stuff as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in tr- But as a PlayStation fan, I can't really count them out, too, because even if, you know xbox does you know surely do that you know playstation still has spider-man it has the wolverine, the wolverine game coming out it has God of war um
2: ragnarok yeah
1: i got, yeah, got a war ragnarok uh it has uncharted still uh if if Nornie dog decides to do another uh game uh the last of us part three which probably won't probably
2: won't happen i'm not sure it's like i still haven't finished i lose i I mean i mean they're gonna make i mean let's be honest like because of neil truckman's ego it's gonna probably happen and then it's probably gonna be even more i still have yet to
1: you know what and this is actually a good point i still have yet to finish uh, the Last of Us, the Last of Us Part Two, because not is it's not because it's a hard game, it's a hard game
2: to finish because it's very depressing. Yeah, the whole tone is depressing. Like, like the first game could be depressing, but they knew, like, they knew how to balance it better. But also because Neil himself is sorry, my cat is like messing with a lot of stuff around here. So I'm gonna try it. Okay, no worries. No worries. So, so it's also Neil Druckmann himself is very much a dark kind of person with his storytelling, like. When he was working on um, Uncharted Two, he wanted to kill off um, Elena in the second game. Really? Yeah, but then I don't remember who it was. I think it was whoever was the um, one of the people who was more in charge of Naughty Dog at the time. Was um, was like, no, no, Neil, we got no, we got to pull back from that, Neil. We can't do that. Yeah. And it's a good thing because imagine now, like Uncharted Three and Four without Elena, that'd be that'd be very it'd be very different series. Like. Because but it's also because like because that is just like this game in particular, like even in the first game, like Neil wasn't really doing that one alone because he had the same the same people kinda you know pulled him back for Uncharted 2, those same people were there for the first Last of Us to kinda help, you know, reel back some of his crazy dark ideas. But then with this second game, he was totally fully in control and he let his depressing darkness really shine ironically in the yeah. in that game. And it like, yeah, because there's barely any moments of levity it's all just dark For seemingly the sake of dark to be honest like it's too much darkness and it's like i like dark stuff but it's like my god dude Like there's one scene where even i'm watching and i'm like oh god no please oh no god this you know even i couldn't like stomach it because of just what hap- what's going on in it yeah sorry like, no, let me try and like move my cat
1: like, in terms of the game, um, the last time I focused on that game was that, I'm not sure if this is a really big spoiler, but Abby, I'm like, Abby has gone back to the aquarium. She's with the, the two kids
2: or two teenagers. I'm forgot, I forgot. Yeah, they, who, they refer to them as kids pretty much, but, like, yeah. One is like, definitely, like, more teenagerish, and the other one is more like a kid. Yeah. Uh,
1: teenager, kid, or one adult, or something like that. She's basically with mm-hmm. those two kids or two young people. There we go. The youngsters. There we go.
0: Yeah.
1: The, the youngsters. youngsters. Yeah. She's with these two youngsters and they have to go back to the the island of
2: and again persecution. Guess, huh? Yeah, it's like the island of persecution or something like that.
1: And and I think the reason why I haven't really gone back is because that storyline it by itself is already too dark because it's and this is just my gripe it's because the the or whatever they're called the, the seraphites the seraphites are a are a heavy subject to do in a freaking mm-hmm. game just about surviving in a uh, zombie like apocalypse
2: mm-hmm. and 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 also and also like why would you have the um the character who joins Abby who's like um essentially transgender wanting to escape the seraphites so because they refer to her as a she when he wants to be a he why wouldn't you actually have that character run into Dina and Ellie? Because we also see them in like a flashback scene having to struggle with people in Jacksonville being Jacksonville being bigoted. Yeah. Wouldn't it make like, it's like Neil? Wouldn't it make more sense to pair these two characters together? Like because then they can actually help each other grow as as people. No, yeah. you don't actually care about that, Neil. Gee, really? <laughs> me- it really shows. I mean, it also probably well, but, also because Abby's character really is is lacking of a character, to be honest.
1: Yeah, compared to the first game, and I mm-hmm. mean,
2: and because every character, yeah, because every character in that first game actually felt like a person who had history, who had experiences. But this person, even when we see her experiences, she still just feels like a a, a flat, stale character a lot of the time.
1: A blank slate,
2: you mean? Yeah, like it's basically just Neil being like, "This is me. I am Abby." I will kill Joel. Spoilers, but not really, because let's be honest, we all know that.
1: Yes, and uh, and I think that was another thing about the, the game too. Is like, I mean, it focuses a lot on Abby, which I don't mind because I do like the idea of being playing a game with multiple pro- protagonists. Mm-hmm. But even with Ellie, the Ellie comes off a little too unlikable. You know, it's like I understand her path of rage and stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. And her path of vengeance is like the same thing with Abby, but but then the biggest
2: difference is is like like Ellie is still fresh, like she's only you know going into a couple weeks. Abby has literally had this for four years, like she and she has not skipped a beat with it, and she is if anything she has maintained that aggression even further. Yeah. So it's like it's also like why is one better than the other? Why is it okay for one to get revenge but the other isn't if the idea is revenge is bad? Because that's the entire thing. It it constantly is trying to frame Abby as the good person, the one we should root for. It's like – there are two great things. One thing I've noticed – and this is kind of – a here's a me quote. I don't know if other people said it, but it's – for right now, it's a me quote, unless otherwise.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a game where it tries to take one of the most human characters and dehumanizes them and then takes – one of the the character who starts out very dehumanized and tries to humanize them and fails at, and really fails at that last one. Yeah, and and then also and also it's a game of right and wrong made by people who always think they are right instead of actually trying to have the nuance. And and that's in that in that, that second quote um, is from I remember seeing in a comment thread from like a Japanese player who played the game. So I don't I don't have the specific I don't have the specific names on that one but that's yeah. But it but it's a very accurate statement though about the game because you can see that like through the writing, through the storytelling where it's like here's what we think is right and wrong, but we always think we're right. Because that's very much like it like how it is. It very much shows through Abby's portion of the game.
1: Yeah. And I think what's also interesting is like with these studios now being, uh, bought by uh, bigger studios like with Xbox now owning Activision, Blizzard that sort of thing too, would, it, like, I, like it gets me thinking is like, would there be more uh of a well not restriction but more of a control over the substance of what they're like putting out because hmm. I don't know if PlayStation has like a, uh, like. Like a uh, putting their foot down with their sort of thing, where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, like we're gonna put your fo- we're gonna put your foot down in terms of you know that's you know with that thing, we're go- you know compared to say Xbox, you know Microsoft, you know Microsoft is a huge company, you know it's like mm-hmm. if they're doing if they're releasing a new Call of Duty game or they're you know producing a new Call of Duty game, you know would they you know, some foot down of, okay, okay, you know, we play, we play tested this, this is a little too dark, you know, upbeat a little bit, something like that, you Mm -hmm. know, compared to like maybe PlayStation, where it's like a lot of their games, especially if they're single player thing, you know, it can be dark and depressing, And like a good thing, like a great uh and something that we keep on going back to is like Red Dead, you know, Red Mm -hmm. Dead Redemption 2 that's a hard, you know that's a rough game to play because you know it's it's in the la- it's in the twilight years of a cowboy well it's it's of like both it's, yeah it's still sending Yeah,
2: they yeah. Yeah, they're constantly talking about how it's like you know the you know the time of the outlaws is essentially coming to an end essentially
1: the same thing with like Red Dead Redemption where it's like it, the outlaws have ended you know, and it's just John Moss just trying to like survive with his family or stuff like that, too. Just being essentially a a, a hired gun for the government, or mm-hmm. and then and then going from there. But but the, but, it, but really, it's like I, but, it's like
2: the biggest reason. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll,
1: yeah. But uh, but to finish that thought, you know, one of the endings for the game does give that uplifting thing where I mean, in terms of Red Dead, too, one of the mm-hmm. endings actually does give it like an uplifting thing where it's just like you know their lives just might be very shitty but if you play it in a certain way like if you play it more you know morally good mm-hmm. you get like a goodish ending where it's like you do roof for these people to actually come out for the better yeah and and because of that you know they have these different endings where it actually does tell you where a lot of these people how these people are in the end like in the uh, apple ap-
2: yeah the epilogue, yeah
1: <sighs> but yeah go uh, your thought
2: <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah, like, really, that's kind of the biggest difference between Red Dead Redemption 2 and Last of Us Part 2. Because Red Dead Redemption 2 knows how to just show the humanity in their characters. Because really, that's, like, one of the biggest things that it's like, if you're going to do a zombie game and you got human characters, give us some semblance of humanity. Yeah. And don't don't just try to simply do moral equivalencies in literally an end-of-the-world time where it's like, who the hell cares? We're literally all trying to not get killed by zombies right now. Can we just focus on this bigger picture problem at hand right now? Yeah, and and, and like with our dead redemption too, it's like the problems they deal with, it, like the moral equivalency thing works better for that one, because one, no zombie apocalypse, and two, it's it's so built into the framework already to begin with, that there is this sort of moral dilemma like, we're already coming into that game, like, oh, okay, like, this, this, um, uh, robbery failed bad, so, like, it, it all went pretty bad, so we start off as someone who's kind of, like, already, you know, this hardened outlaw, but then as time goes on, you see him, like, like change usually. and grow and adapt and kind of realize that maybe we did things wrong, and maybe we didn't, like, we shouldn't have been doing the things we were doing, like, kind of almost coming like, he's coming to terms with who he is, but also, like, Wanting to find a way to just make something good come out of all of this by helping yeah. John and his family escape this life.
1: yeah, and he's also active, and that's one of the reasons why I love Arthur because I, like when I heard that Arthur was gonna be the protagonist, I was like, how do you, you know go from John Marston, who is an excellent rock star character by himself? Mm-hmm. To this guy that you you don't know anything about because you know, it's like, oh, this is this is just like part of gang that you don't know of. Like, I mean, and then I understand a Red Dead is a prequel too, so it's like it's like all these characters that you know, you know, they may or may not survive, and then mm-hmm. it goes straight into Red Dead Redemption. So it's like it's 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 like one of those type of things, but it's definitely. But I was just amazed in it to go. I was like, man, author is just so relatable because he's just like trying to do his best and he's just trying to make sure that a lot of these people are surviving, thriving, mm-hmm. you, know, you
2: know. Like like he's just a man trying to protect his family. Yeah. That's really the core of who he is in a nutshell.
1: Yeah. And And he, if
2: he has to do bad things to do it, so be it, as long as he as long as he achieves his overall goal and objective of just making sure his family is protected.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, the yeah, that's a good way to end the, uh, the whole thing, though. Uh, but uh, the whole uh, the thought process of Red Dead and Weiss is all still great. But anyway, but it, it's it's basically to do the compar- uh, compare and contrast between, you know, essentially two dark games. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, The Last of Us 2, would, you know, I may or may not be able to finish it, you know, maybe before, uh, before my birthday, but, you know, hopefully... I may actually just go back into the game just in a fresh mind, just to play it re- regularly and you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just as a you know regular game. But yeah. anyway, uh, uh, but back to the, the thought process, it, it it does bring to mind is like, will there be major studios or pub, uh, or producing studios that will put the stomp down if the, in case you know, mm-hmm. if Xbox is doing is releasing a the game that like. They may be more mindful of uh, the type of game that they want to be, you know, produce, and they might put, you know, stamp on some of the things. Because a great segue into ending this is that Disney is doing a new Star Wars game done by Quantic Dream, and a lot of people are on Twitter, especially, you know, especially on Twitter, are telling, you know, are essentially trying to do a hashtag of essentially boycott Star Wars Blackout because it's done by Quantic Dream and. Uh, I forgot who does *Aquatic Dream*. Like in terms of the, um, the like the main like creative director or anything else. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: over the past like say few years, a lot of it has done. A lot of it has like come to light where he has done a very toxic work environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, uh,
1: like, I remember what was that the Dafoe, Elliot Page game that they did? Uh, I forgot what it was called *Beyond Two Souls*. Yeah, Beyond Two Souls and how basically... Uh, oh, David Cage, that's who it was. Hmm. Yeah, David Cage for the past several years have been getting, uh, like, a very toxic work environment type of thing and a lot of everyone has been telling her how basically, like, he, he's been, like, very horrible to work with or just, mm-hmm. like, or just, like, a horrible work environment.
2: Mm-hmm. But... I remember. Yeah, and, and that same thing you were saying with that, like, um, shower thing with um, Beyond Two Souls, it's essentially that same thing that actually kind of happens in, like, Heavy Rain. Damn. Where you play, is like one of the, like, there's four characters, one of them is Madison Page, a woman, and literally the first level you play with her, she wakes up, and basically just like a, like a, like a t-shirt and like, you know, her um, underwear, and you can literally just take the character into like a shower, but that's the only character you can do that with.
1: Yeah, and I mean there is also uh, who's it called the main father as well. The main father as well, like uh, he takes a shower as well. But it's like you
2: don't see him like. Uh, yeah, like they don't really show him the same way they show the woman character.
1: Yeah, the woman character is like suddenly naked. I'm like, wait, yeah, the
2: fuck is like,
1: you know, it's like, like, like I understand, like, like the like to uh, do the same thing we're about with Josh Whedon last week, mm-hmm. you know. Oh and you know um like the thing with War with uh, Heavy Rain and I love Heavy Rain as a game because Heavy Rain is like one of my favorite mm-hmm. games to play over the past like decade or so.
2: Yeah, yeah, same. that that was a fun game and her storyline like she
1: is like really a, and this is actually something that um uh, is actually brought on like uh, on uh, TV tropes is that her like scenes are often portrayed as being assaulted by sexually violent aggressors and
2: like that's literally yeah that's pretty much every encounter she has with men aside from like um um the the father of the of the missing kid essentially like literally it's the it's the skeevy motel dude and like they literally show a shot of when she in the, the cinematic of making it seem like he's checking out her ass as she's walking out of the um, motel front desk area. Yeah. There's that doctor dude who tries to drug her, and then there's the that club owner guy. And, and it's also the fact that you don't pick the right option to advance the story. She's literally just standing there, like, you know, breasts fully exposed, and then just in her underwear. Yeah. Like, dude. But... What?
1: What? But, yeah, it definitely feels like it, David Cage does like have this very warped way of like doing his own game and mm-hmm. i do wonder like with star wars blackout and and again with the same thing with future releases of uh xbox related things like mm-hmm. will these developers get like uh like 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 a stop by the uh the main publishers like a like a PlayStation, yeah, Microsoft or well, even Disney could be like no we don't want this so like turn it up a little bit or something turn it down
2: or something like that
1: mm-hmm. you know again i'm not sure if PlayStation has done this in the past but
2: you know it's like it's yeah best. i know it's, i know it's Sony games that's like Sony is very much like no sex scenes in any of our games well except for Last of Us Part 2 for because for some reason i guess Neil Druckmann was able to convince them hey we're going to put a sex scene in the game and they allowed it and it's literally the most like weirdly timed sex scene to happen ever because literally the scene that happens literally the seconds before as like abby and owen like have sex owen's literally like talking like calling out abby on her shit about like oh yeah should i just go and find people who killed my friends and murder their entire families too like literally yeah. calling abby out on her shit for wanting revenge and then they literally like, kind of tussle a little bit then eventually just like okay sex time now yeah, what a way to start! A, what a way to just be like, "Oh yes, nothing makes me want to engage in sex more than talking about all those people we killed together, or something yeah, like." It's... Like, Neil, do you not have? Do you not know how anything works, Neil? Like, like uh... sorry to go back to Neil Dragon, but it's like, dude, do you not know how sex works? <laughs> that's the worst way to start off? Like, like something like that with like, "Hey, killing people." No, like, what?
1: I think we, I think we learned another one of uh, Hayden's uh, uh, hot buttons. Uh, Neil Drugman, anyway. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that, was- but yeah, but yeah, it's like I feel like what's probably going to happen because it's like I feel like they're probably because because I think they let this dude kind of do what he wants, and I don't think they really give him that kind of like stomp down because he did it for both the, those games, and they, they didn't get there was no kind of pushback. So I feel like it could be a, a thing where it's like we're probably going to get say. A, a Twi'lek character who, like, it's like, a, like, a woman Twi'lek just going about her business, and then it's, like, okay, now here's an option to get her naked and dance in front of Java. Yeah. I
1: was about to say, Twilight. like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's,
2: it's those, like, uh, characters who, um, you can see, who are, like, kind of, like, all blue or green or red skin color, and then it's, like, they have those, Uh, like, uh, head tentacle things, Yeah. kind of, like, but yeah, yeah.
1: It's the way you said that the the race uh, the the alien race. I, I was like, I heard pro- like, I like, heard it pronounced right? that
2: way. Oh, well, I've heard okay. it pronounced both Twilex and the Twilex. So I, I'm not, I wasn't sure which one, so I just went with one.
1: Okay, because I I heard Twilight. I'm like, wait, are in Twilight. I'm like, what the fuck? Wait, we're vampires
2: now. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, imagine if that's what shows up in, in that Star Wars game.
1: Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. I I do hope that if david cage and if they do continue working with star wars blackout because i mean it had a good teaser trailer but Mm -hmm. teaser trailers could you know could set the game so well it's like another great example of this before before we stop and the the episode another great example of this is um um cyberpunk 2077 they Mm -hmm. had so many good examples of what this game could be and then they kind of like just really just shot, like, really just shot themselves in the foot in terms of just like development. And mm-hmm. which just makes me wonder is like, will these companies, you know, like, will these video game companies now be more mindful of the products that they are releasing in the future? Because, you know, uh, a lot of these uh, games now are coming with a lot of problems and mm-hmm. it, both workplace wise, but also just game wise, where it's looks like they're not like, uh, like a lot of people are just not happy so yeah
2: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Uh, yeah like i if i had to make a prediction i don't think they're going to really um i don't think they're really going to put their foot down i don't think much change is really going to happen at least not for a while anyway yeah that'd be my guess as to like how that could play out pretty much
1: yeah, and meanwhile, WB Games is just like, hey, you want to. Meanwhile, like, literally, WB Games is just like, hey, do you want to see a game where you can play as uh, Steven Universe against a uh, Super Saiyan Shaggy or, and st- or something like oh, that? Oh, no, no, Ultra Instinct Shaggy. Oh, sorry, Ultra Instinct Shaggy. <laughs> which I, I
2: like, like, this isn't even like 2% of my power, Scoop. Which,
1: finding out how he became that is just so like Shaggy, too, is because apparently he just randomly eats a gem that he didn't realize was a gem. And mm-hmm. that's how he gets his powers. yeah, like that's just that's just shaggy in a nutshell. He's just, just so hungry that he just randomly eats something and it becomes power. But
2: I like like scoob, I think I ate like a motor engine in that last sandwich.
0: <laughs> All right,
2: and I, and now I got the power of a car. I'm in the fast and furious now, Scoob. I'm fast, but I'm not furious.
1: Joint shaggy. <laughs> Ro,. All right, but that's a good way to end the episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do hope that some of these video game publishers do get like their a more better suited thing. But sometimes, like you said, there's probably got to be like a lot of people. Or, I mean, a lot of probably a, a lot of these video game companies like they're probably just going to like just make whatever you want to make. Just don't make it as depressing or uh, or a- after a world we're we'll probably got to put your foot put our foot down. So yeah.
2: Yeah, because they'll be like, they're gonna because they're thinking they're gonna still buy the games regardless.
1: Yeah, especially if, especially if they have like some major actor, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, coming back. Especially with Star Wars, because Star Wars has a lot of great uh, actors coming to mm-hmm. voice characters and stuff like that too. And the oh. same thing with the same thing with PlayStation, um, Xbox. Like you can make a horrible game, but if you have an like a like. A, like say like an Aegis Elba or or friggin uh, Brad Pitt to uh, voice your game and the and the game could be like could be like a five out of ten or something like that. People mm-hmm. are like, you know what? I'll buy this one for Brad Pitt or Aegis Elba. And then Yeah. So yeah. All right. So yeah, that was this week's episode of uh, of Downstage with Brandon Hayden. Like I said, it was a pretty blase week, but there were a couple of interesting tidbits to talk about in terms of the thing, but mm-hmm. Hayden had his time to shine with uh, video game stuff, and again, I'm not really a video game person, but Hayden is the one who's a gamer, so. (laughs) Okay, there we go. anyway, Anyway, just please be safe, be well, and take care,
0: everyone.